Um, one of the ministries that we're a part of um, is Christians Engaged, and they were attacked because, unfortunately, they were saying, you, you can't be a nonprofit because your beliefs line up with one of the political parties more than another. There's a problem with that statement. Christianity is before de- Democrats or Republicans. Okay, Christi- bi- biblical Christianity, biblical morality comes from God's heart, which comes from eternity, okay? And so someone lined up with us as opposed to us lining up with them. And here's the thing. God has given us as citizens a responsibility and also a gift called citizenship. This is why we vote. We do not vote thinking we're going to be saved through politics. Poly means many. Tick is a blood-sucking insect. They're not going to save us, you know? Um, but at the same time, it, it, when I was studying for my doctorate degree, my, my dissertation is called um, The Modern Day Prophet, The Church's Responsibility to Those in Authority. And so I do this with a group of pastors, and we're very involved in this. We feel like it is our responsibility as Bible believers, like an Old Testament prophet, to let the leadership know what God thinks about what they're doing. And then we're also an avenue back to God for them. We're praying for their eternity, even as we deal with their temporary policies. Okay, and so very involved in this. I've, I've studied the founding fathers' writings instead of what everybody writes about them as well, you know. And so almost everything in our Constitution and our Declaration of Independence, and I would say every major thing, can even be traced back to a sermon that one of the founding fathers had attended because the, the, uh, the pastors used to write down all their sermons and preserve them, and we could point to this is where they got this, this is where they got this. And so whether everybody in our country was a Christian when it was founded, which is certainly not true, there was a respect for the Bible and a respect for God's morality and God's civil laws as well as his moral law in our country, which God was able to as we followed in those in in that path right now what I'm going to do today is I'm not going to say you know Democrat or Republican but I'm just going to pick out some things out of a political party platform for the state of Texas this is not California this is not Massachusetts this is one of the political party platforms for the state of Texas what is a platform it is basically a statement of faith for a group of people okay who identify with that party And what happens is they don't have to identify with everything. But what happens most of the time is you vote what your platform says. But but let's just say you're a Democrat and you're not pro-abortion. What happens is you either vote pro-abortion or else you don't vote. You never vote against it. And that's kind of how these platforms work. And so I'm going to pull some platforms out of just our state, one of our uh, state's uh, platform. And these are quotes from the platform as we uh, look at them. And I'll explain a few things and then bring up some biblical uh, verses. So education and prevention. This is a part of their platform. Include evidence-based programs that promote social and emotional learning, safe and healthy relationships, consent, and age-appropriate sex education as a part of the curriculum in Texas schools from pre-K to post-secondary institutions. So the goal is to teach children from four years old on about sexuality, but it's not the parents or trusted guardian. It is the schools doing it that have a certain agenda. And you just need to know when it says social emotional learning, it sounds really nice. The thing is, they're not teaching them math and science. They're teaching them social and emotional learning. They're teaching them how they should think. 
outside of what the parents are, gonna, are, are trying to teach them, right? So SEL, social emotional learning, is a curriculum in which CRT or critical race theory is taught. And the biggest buffoon uh, or problem within um, critical race theory is that it says the color of your skin denotes whether you're a racist or not or, or where you stand on that spectrum. And the Bible doesn't say that. That is, that is anti-Bible. Listen, you know how racist I am? I don't care what race you are. Your race is evil, and you're going to hell without Jesus. Every race needs Jesus. I'm an equal opportunity person, right? We all need Jesus. We're human beings. We have different skin pigment. So what? We need Jesus. And the beauty of, of our cultures, when we surrender that to Jesus, we get to see the, the beauty of the creativity of God within our cultures. And I appreciate every different culture and whatever. You know, God is an extremely creative God. But when we add sin to it, we're sinful. And what God does is take the sin away. And it's beautiful, right? And so the Bible doesn't line up with CRT, right? We're all, we're all human beings made in God's image to bring glory to God for God to enjoy period. That's what the Bible teaches. It does not teach what these things are teaching. But do you think sex ed should be taught to four, five, or even six years old? Now, my, my group of pastors, we've been looking at some of the books and stuff like that. They're pornographic. They're teaching uh, kindergartners about masturbation. They're teaching them, uh, you know, how do you feel? Do you feel like a woman? You know, my question to that is, what does a woman feel like? You ask any woman, they're going to feel like they feel, but every single woman's going to have a different definition of how to, you know, like, what in the world are we doing, right? You know, but this is being taught to children. And the goal is to encourage that, even to the point without the parents' knowledge, it will lead to other things, right? But it should be taught by parents and guardians, okay? There's verses. Deuteronomy chapter 6, very famous verse called the Shema. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to other people's children. It's not what it says, right? To your children. The parent is the responsible one. You are responsible for your child's education, not the school district. If you send them to public school, you need to keep that public school accountable and know what they're being taught. Okay? You just do. I, I was a public school teacher, you know. Uh, you, you, you are responsible before God. You're not, not going to say, but my teacher, and, and God's going to go, well, where was your teacher? Like, they're not here. You are. Parent, you're responsible. Okay, that's what the Bible teaches. Proverbs 22.6, in context, train up the child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Who is supposed to train up, uh, train up the child? Parent, it's parent's responsibility. Ephesians 6.4, and you, fathers, 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 dads, what are we erasing? Maleness, and we're destroying the family. Fathers are absent. It's the most common problem in all of our ills across the board. It is, it is the thing that, that ties every ill in our culture together is the breakdown of the family. And you fathers do not promote your children to wrath, but do what? Bring them up in what? The training and admonition of the Lord. It is parents' responsibility. I could go on and on and on. But there's one platform that says we're going to erase that. Okay? We're going to teach them evil things. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. 
If you're a Bible-believing Christian, the Bible is your standard above any government edict. Okay? But whoever causes one of these little ones to believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and if he were thrown and thrown into the sea. You'd be better off, right, if you cause these little ones to stumble. These are heavy warnings from God. We were in Israel, and my wife was in charge of the children's ministry, and we found this old millstone, this ancient millstone, and I had her get in the middle of it. The thing was huge, right? And it's this heavy responsibility. Do not cause the children to stumble. So these are, these are warnings um, by God. Moving on. Under, in this platform, equality and social justice, to ensure protection and rights for all lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, asexual, and non-cis, heterosexual, or LGBTQIA plus people. Now you need to understand I'm not mocking this. Guys, you know our heart in our church. Our church is anyone that wants to seek the Lord. We're going to reach out to them, and we're going to bring them to a place of having a relationship with God. That's what we want first and foremost. And then God starts to deal with those desires in them that are in conflict to his ideal for their life. If we don't do this, we're just causing them to remain far from God. Right? And so it, that is our heart. And, and, and people don't know that, and they call me all these names or whatever. But the thing is, I want to line people up with God so they can have intimacy with God and live forever pure and holy and transformed in heaven for all of eternity with God. Like, that's our goal. And so when we promote or embrace or say these things are okay, we're damning people away from God. Or if they are saved and they still struggle with these things, we're damning them to a struggle with God continually, Right? But all of us are in this boat. All of us bring things into our Christian faith that are in conflict with God's morality. We're sinners. We're in process. All of us are, right? And so I'm not against this. Uh, these people who want to seek Christ. But as far as bringing extra equitability to these people, because understand, sex discrimination laws already are in place to protect all people. These laws are to bring these people extra protection beyond and above the normal person. Okay, that's, what, that's what's happening here. So recently, there was a girls' volleyball team that had a transgender boy on their team, right? So he's claiming to be a girl, and he's playing on the girls' volleyball team. No problem. But he sat down in the locker room, and he was just watching the girls' dress, and he made a few comments about them. They felt uncomfortable. They complained about it. They got thrown out of their locker room, so now they're not allowed to dress in the girls' locker room one biological male. They have to go into the girls' restroom, into the stalls, if they want privacy from this one guy. It's extra bonus, it's extra rights beyond. If you're, if you're cisgender or normal gender, or claim that your gender is the one that you're born with, biblical gender, right? You don't have that right. But these are rights beyond rights. That's what is being pushed and forced on people. And uh, so this is to ensure equal protection. Now the comments is, it's already there. But in every state where this has become law, the push has been, against every Christian organization, church, and school to accept this. You can't not do this, even though in our country we have the right to practice our religion the way we see fit. It's supposed to be a sovereign right that, that you can't take away, but they do take it away. 
okay? Um, and then even bakers and florists refer, uh, who normally can refuse to serve anyone but these groups, right? You ever see those signs, we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone, except for these people. That's why it's being pushed further, and you see this pushed. Now, if I was a Christian baker and you came to me and you wanted me to, to do your wedding and it was against my religion, I'd say, sure, but I witness everywhere I go all the time and loudly. So you come to design your cake, I'm going to witness to you. I bring my cake to your event, I'm going to witness to everybody who's willing to listen. I'm going to hand out my card. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they'll reject me, but I can't sue them back. See what I'm saying? Like, that's how it works. So this, you know, and it's only been applied towards certain groups, but not others. Muslims are not forced to serve Jews, but Jews are being forced to serve Muslims through their work, right? Christians are being forced to serve homosexuality, uh, homosexuals as far as their marriages and stuff like that, but not the other way around. Okay, so this is one of the uh, places of platform. Genesis 2.21, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and he closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken away from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh, male and female. Right? That's what the Bible says. That's our standard. Romans 1.26, for this reason God gave them over to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. When you hear nature, don't think of evolution. Think of natural law, which historically has always been considered the way that God set up the universe to run. That's called natural law. Not mother nature, it's father God's natural law. Okay? Um, against nature. Now, people think... You know, and people have tried to tell me over the years that, that, that homosexuality is genetic. It's a part of evolution. If that were true, it would be gone in one generation. Think about it. One generation. Because it goes against natural law. See what I'm saying? Okay. And again, our heart. Listen, people have homosexual desires. But if your identity is, a, is as a child of God, you're going to heaven. He loves you dearly, right? Uh, so your, your identity is not as a homosexual anymore. You're a Christian that struggles. Join the club, right? We're all a part of that group, right? So that, that is my view, and our heart very much is for this community, and, and, we, and we, we do minister to that. So I'm not a homophobe or, uh, you know, a hater. Uh, we, we love people, but we want all people to be drawn to God regardless, even if inside they, they grew up and they felt like, I, I really should be a woman, I come, we'd love to minister to you, but we want to introduce you to Jesus Christ first. We want your identity to be a child of God, not as a transgender, right? Anything else than a child of God doesn't get you into heaven, period. So anyway, so in Romans chapter one, the natural use, which is against nature, verse 27, likewise also men leaving the natural use of women burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving themselves the penalty of the error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, and then it goes on. Rejection of God brings all kinds of sinful things. 
Okay, verse 32, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death. It doesn't say you put people to death. But when they get to heaven, if that is their identity, they're not getting in. This is true. And this is a scary thing for, for people. Oh, you know, and they fight against it. But it's like, I'm not God. I'm just telling you what God says in his word, right? I'm not your judge. God is. But they not only do the same, and this is important, but they approve of those who practice them. So if you're approving of people's sin and encouraging their sin, you're, you're guilty. See how that works, right? Oh, that's not me. But if you're approving of it, you're guilty of, of sin against the Lord. Moving on. So then we have, related to that one, the LGBTQ Texans, right? But ensure the right of all people to participate in all aspects of manner uh, of life in a manner that is consistent with their gender identity or expression. Okay, that means I can choose what I am apart from what I really am. Right? And God created male and female. Okay? This is what he did. Irrespective of gender, they are assigned at birth, including the use of facilities Streamlined access to legal documents regardless of surgical status. Fully inclusive, employer-based health care. Meaning, we as a church, if we were buying health care for our church, we would have to also pay for others within the system who wanted a, a sex change. But it's an elective surgery. Okay? But it, it would be forced if these people have their way. So your premium is higher in order to pay for this. Even if it is a church or a Christian school. Right? And gender confirmation surgery. Uh, so the idea is open all public bathrooms and locker rooms to both sexes and provide or pay for reconstruction surgery, elective uh, surgery for transgenders, elective surgery. Public has to pay for it. Okay? You force people through their health care, and the public actually pays for this. Now, they are pushing this on minors. And this is being pushed into minors choosing, without their parents knowing, little girls to get their breast buds removed before they ever develop breasts, having hysterectomies before they ever reach puberty, uh, males having surgery. And I cannot believe people are not arrested for this, but this is already big business in our country. But this is what one of the platforms stands for. We want more of this. Now listen, if I walk into a woman's restroom... In Target, I can be arrested. But a guy twice my size who claims to be a woman has every right to walk in on my wife and my daughters. Doesn't make sense, does it? The further you get away from God's principles, the more confusing everything gets, right? So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. And so God created us, male and female, to reflect the beauty of who he is. Women reflect all the, 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 the complexity and the beauty and, and the nurturing and, and the, the aesthetic creativity to detail and everything that you bring. You represent God as a female. And the men, duty, honor, courage, we represent that part of God as well. And God made us male and female in his image. And what do we say when we claim something different? You're wrong, and I don't like it. And you made a mistake, God. I don't like it when people make that mistake. It puts them under a place of, of greater damnation to God. Again, compassionate heart towards these people. 
that are lost, but I want them to know God, right? And not push people down this road. And so this is there. Uh, He created them male and female and blessed them and called them mankind in the day that they were created. Okay. Uh, Choice and family planning, basically abortion. Fund qualified health care providers, including Planned Parenthood, who provide preventative health care, pregnancy prevention, affordable prenatal care, and postpartum contraception. Oppose targeted regulation of abortion providers. I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Expand access to contraception and protect the constitutional right to an abortion. Have you guys ever read the Constitution? Now we have Mike in here who teaches classes on the Constitution. I don't know where it is. Yeah, so Mike's right here. Is abortion rights constitutional? It's not written in the Constitution, guys. It's made up, right? So this this right, but they put it in their official documents, and you can read these online. Right. Um, To uh, a right to an abortion, including repealing the Hyde Amendment, which says your tax money can't go to pay for abortions, although it already does. Right. Um, Which disproportionately impacts people of color and other marginalized uh, communities. We'll talk a little bit more about that as well. Offer comprehensive age appropriate sex education. The more kids that become very sexual at a younger age, the more preteen and teenage pregnancies you're going to have in the country and the more abortions they can perform. It's about the money, right? Um, About communication strategies, consent. So the push is now that, and this is becoming legitimatized right now, that someone 10, 11, 12 years old can consent to sex with an adult, someone 30, 40s, or 50s. That's what's being pushed right now. It's pretty wild, right? And I don't know if you guys realize this is happening, but there's a group out there pushing for it even in their political platform, in Texas of all places, right? Um, As well as support the rights of adolescents to access and consent to their own contraceptive and other reproductive health care and in failed abstinence-only sex education policies. If you don't have sex, you don't have an unwanted pregnancy. It's not a failed policy. It actually works. Unless you're Mary, of course, right? It didn't work with her. (laughs) But this is in a political platform in our state, okay? They want, and this has been happening in in many places, they want children that get pregnant to be able to go have a major surgery and have an abortion without without the parents knowing or without the parents having any say, as well as having transgender surgeries without the parents' knowledge or the parents having any say. That is the goal. And they are they're doing it in places. I mean, it's it's wild what's happening. Uh, comments. Planned Parenthood's number one business is abortions. They, they say they do all this other stuff. They make all their money off of abortions, right? Not, over 90% of what they do are abortions. Abortion clinics are the most unre- unregulated industry. If you have an outpatient clinic where you do surgeries, you have to be near a hospital and you have to have admission rights into a hospital in case something happens and people die. Abortion clinics do not want that. In Texas, we passed a law that the the abortion clinics had to have um, uh, uh, rights to to put people in a hospital 
Why? People die in abortions through complications. Okay, it involves knives and blood and all kinds of things, right? So they don't want that. They don't want to have to have admission rights into a hospital. They fight against these laws. And that's just, that's just unsafe, period, right? And it, it, and it doesn't make sense. So bodily inclusive sex ed and unrestricted abortion for minors, just, again, minors. That, that's a problem. Now, understand this. It talks about it being unfair to minority groups. Abortion, in its official form today, was pushed through Margaret Sanger, who was someone who did not think that black people uh, were very smart and worth saving and would contribute to the community. And so her desire was to kill more black people through abortion. Margaret Sanger is a known avowed racist, and she is the founder of Planned Parenthood. Where are most abortion uh, clinics found? In the inner city. And if you, if, if you are a, a baby, a black baby in a womb in New York City, it's more likely than you'll, that you'll be aborted than born. Okay? So when they say racist, it's like, no. 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 And, and, and this has been bought, but it's a lie. But it's in a platform. It's in a political platform. Versus... For you form me, or for you form my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. Women say, oh, I grew a baby. You didn't grow a baby. You had sex. A baby grew in you, in your inward parts, right? That's what, it's an amazing thing. Your belly gets big, and it's like, oh, you know, I'm about to be a grandfather. It's just like my daughter keeps on sending us, like, the baby's this big, you know? I think he's a... Cantaloupe or bigger. He looks like a watermelon. My daughter's getting really big, but, you know, <laughs> it's the size of a cantaloupe, you know. This is how big the feet are now. It's just an amazing process to go through. And this is what David is saying, Psalm 130. You formed me in my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, it is an amazing thing, the gestation of a child in the womb. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you. What does that sound like? My skeleton as it was formed in my mother's womb was not hidden from you. God, you're engaged in this. You care about the baby in the womb. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. I don't know how to interpret that, but <laughs> you, saw my, you saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they are all written. You know, God has plans for every baby that is conceived. Right, and uh, and he he loves the child, and, and therefore, it is a biblical issue. It's a moral issue before it was ever a political one, guys. Just understand, I'm not not, not being political. Hopefully, I'm being moral here, like biblically moral. Okay. Now, other things. Are, those are just a few of them, and there's other ones. I'm not even going to get into them. But as I watch the news, sometimes I've been accused of destroying our democracy. Right? Because I vote a certain way or because I'm this color or whatever. You are the biggest threat to democracy because you're a white American Protestant male. You're the biggest threat to democracy or whatever. They say all these things, right? What do you mean by democracy? What do you mean by democracy? Because democracy literally means one thing, but you hear people saying you're against democracy. 
And you're thinking, what do you, I'm, I'm against democracy. Democracy is a society in which the citizens are sovereign. It means I'm, I have rights. You are in the government. You serve me. I outrank you even if you're president. Right? That's the way we designed it because we didn't like royalty. We didn't want to have kings and queens rule over us. So a democracy is a society in which citizens are sovereign and they control the government. But the people that are saying this get most of their policies pushed through executive orders, you know, through the, through the hidden state of bureaucracy who aren't elected or accountable to you at all, or through the courts who, again, weren't elected by you, right? This is where they, they push. It's not about the vote and it's not about what you say. Listen, 75% of Americans think that we need to have a better grip on our border. And it doesn't matter if you're Mexican. or that, that doesn't even matter. We just see people dying every day on the border. We see an influx of fentanyl being brought across the border. You know, there's dead bodies in the Rio Grande literally every single day, right, in, in our state. I mean, this is crazy. Something's got to change. And it has, it, it, you know, uh, Mexicans, blacks, whites, no one cares. Something needs to be 75% of our country in the latest polls think we have to do. But what, what are people telling us? There's no problem at the border. Yeah, no problem. But they have an agenda. If you want the border to be locked down, you're anti-democratic. What? How does that work? And then they're giving people rights to votes that aren't citizen. And it's like, but that, I'm not anti-democratic because I want my vote to count because I'm a citizen of this country. They're a citizen of another country. They need to vote in their country, right? But I'm a citizen here, so every time someone votes illegally, my vote doesn't count. Or it's watered down a little bit. Does that make me anti-democratic because I care about the vote? You see what I'm saying? You know, so the idea, now for us, we're democratic in the sense that we get to vote and we are sovereign people. And our constitution is a law against the government. Okay, it's against the government. It's telling the government that they can't do this to me. That's why the government doesn't like the constitution because they want to do things to me. But it's my protection against the government. Listen, you hear people say, this is a do nothing Congress. I don't care, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, you know, Greenpeace, whatever. I don't care what party you're When you hear that the that Congress is doing nothing, it's supposed to be very hard for Congress to do anything. Because every time they do something, it's more of an affliction on the sovereign rights of the citizens. And we want to be independent. Right? This is the, the idea of democracy. But they're telling us something different. Because democracy, by definition is what we want to do. This is what they're saying. What we want to do to you. Right? And for what we define as your good. I am from California. And in California recently, the governor out there said, we are not going to sell any more gas-powered cars in our state after 2035. All my family lives in California. None of them want this. But he's telling you, for the sake of the earth, it's good for you, and I don't even care what you think. That's what they mean by democracy. Democracy is what I want to do to you. And so it's a new definition of democracy, but it's not that new. Because the philosopher uh, Rousseau brought it up. Um, 
in, um, uh, and, and the French bought it and it, and it gave uh, rise to the French Revolution, which wasn't a very pretty event, right? It was very bloody. And so the idea, uh, ideology of progressive, progressivism justifies the imposition of costs on someone for the benefit of others. So we get to do this to you, but that's not in the Constitution, right? You do what we tell you to do. It's a representative republic, and we vote for you, and you represent us. But it's no longer that, is it? People are committing incredible crimes at the, at the federal level, and no one is going to jail unless they don't like you, and then you don't do something, and you go to jail, right? And um, so... It implies that they, they say, oh, we're acting in the public interest. They're acting in their own interest with their own ideals, right? And they have this idea beyond. So what ends up happening, and so often as a pastor, I tell you, you guys are the ends. You're not a means to an end. You're not here for me to be famous. You're not here for me to sell books. You are, in my mind, you are here and my goal is to see you mature and grow in the Lord Jesus Christ and have greater fellowship with him. So you are the end goal. I am here to serve you, ultimately. That's my goal. I'm not using you to serve me. And that's how the country used to be. How can I serve you? It's called public service. A secretary of state serves, because this is what secretary serves, the boss, you right? In other countries, they're called minister of this or minister of that. Minister literally means servant. That's how it was designed. But I'm starting to feel the other way around. Like I'm being used and my finances are being used to fulfill you, right? And this is a new idea of democracy. So even though they say democracy, we're trying to think democracy, one vote, I'm sovereign, you know, we, we control the government. That's not what they mean. They mean something else. What I determine to be best for you is democracy. And so certain people in this country are a th threat to their de definition of democracy. I'm actually a threat to their, de their definition of democracy because I want it to be conserved in the biblical principles that were founded in our Constitution. But even with or without our Constitution, biblical principles matter to me more than any government does because they're eternal. Okay. Um, is that it? Yes, that's it. Okay. Praise the Lord. Now we can get in a Bible study. What really matters? Okay. Let's go ahead and pray. <laughs> Dear God, um, we do pray for our country and we know it's a temporary place and heaven is eternal. And so may we focus on eternity above all things at the same time, Lord, you have us here in this time and space and Lord, may we be wise and may we do things your way. May we be responsible with what you've given us, Lord. And Lord, if you give us time without us destroying ourselves or without the, the last days coming upon us, Lord, if you give us time, may we just use that time for your glory. Lord, we would just pray for a revival. Lord, we don't think a political election will really change too much. But Lord, a revival of men's hearts would. And so even as we talk about being salt and light today, Lord, may we be salt and light in this crazy world that uh, regardless of how someone thinks, they may come to know you and to truly have their eyes focused on heaven and be saved for all of eternity, God. And so we would pray, ultimately, not necessarily just for the election, Lord, but 
in a greater sense for revival across this land, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.